Legal Hour with Ihsan Higgins. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. It's Ihsan Higgins here on the Legal Hour. And I say a very, very good evening and assalamu alaikum to my listeners. And um, tonight we're doing a very, very crucial program, you know, program that's on everybody's lips. It's on the media. People are worried about this, this thing. And, and that is land expropriation without compensation. So today we're going to examine this uh, particular concept, you know, this land expropriation, where, you know, in layman's betaal. So we're going to ask, what exactly is this? We're actually going to ask the, the, the real parties, you know, who are shouting these things, you know, from Parliament, in the streets, wherever, in the city walls, wherever they, they, they find people, they say, we need to get to land expropriation without compensation. Now, initially I thought, you know what, it's very political, you know, maybe I should may not really venture my legal hour show on this particular issue. But then I realized, you know, there's such a lot of legal issues pertaining to land expropriation. I mean, Section 25 of the Constitution deals with it now. And as a result, I brought in some of the, the experts, you know, the legal experts, and, um, and I'm splitting the program in two tonight. So the first part of the program, which will be between 7 and 9, sorry, 7 and 8, uh, of course, with a break for Ishai, and after Salah, we'll come back. Um, so in the next few minutes, we are going to break for Ishai, but I just want to introduce the, 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 my, 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 my panel at this point. So we have the ANC Youth League here tonight, okay, in the form of uh, Khalid Said. Assalamu alaikum, Khalid. Wa alaikum, salam. Now, Khalid, um, before I introduce my other guest, um, I just want you to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself because I'm very pleased, you know, that young people like yourself, and I mean, uh, I don't know how young you are, but I know the, the, the ANC calls a, a person that's under 35 still a youth. Um, when, I mean, I think when I was about uh, 35, I didn't feel like a youth anymore. But I'm assuming that, you, so you're part of the ANC Youth League, and it's always nice to know that, you know, members like uh, of the community, like yourself, people that we know, people that we see at weddings, at Haddad's, and, you know, people like you would actually part of the political setup. So, I mean, that's, so can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, okay, uh, I'm the provincial chairperson of the ANC Youth League. Um, yeah. I'm the provincial chairperson of the ANC Youth League. Um, I've been involved in the politics of the ANC Youth League and the student movement SASCO um, for a very long time now. Um, so I view myself as a political activist. Okay, well, I like that. I mean, I normally say that, you know, people on the show, we are activists, we are, we are social activists, but you're the real political activist. Political activism because the... Uh, um, the kind of activism I do is in the political space. I mm. utilize the political space to mm. take up 
um, the kind of issues that speak to the needs of our people. So, Khalid, of course, people. the nice thing about it is, and we know you're sitting here, you've, you've got a huge constituency, of course, the Muslims all listening to the show, that are listening to the show tonight, they can look forward to somebody like you being in cabinet one of these days, or even president. <laughs> okay, and we look forward to that. But let me introduce the other um, uh, panelists and uh, one of my, 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 my old stalwarts. Uh, it's um, none other than uh, Shahid Shiruda. Assalamu alaikum, Shahid. Wa alaikum salam and good evening to those listening to this exciting show. Okay, Shahid, you're obviously not a youth anymore. I mean, uh, we've been at varsity at the same time. <laughs> yeah, you're only as old as you think and believe you are, so I'm still the youth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so on that note, we're going to break for, for, for Ishai, and when we come back after Salah, and we're going to continue with this topic of land expropriation without compensation, and we have the NC Youth League here, and we have Shahid as a legal expert, constitutional lawyer, uh, will unpack this act for us. The Legal Hour with Ihsan Higgins. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. We are back uh, after Ishai Salah and uh, we're talking about the land expropriation without compensation. I have with me in studio Khalid Sayed and I have uh, Shahid Shiruda as the legal expert. So I'm going to start off with Shahid and Shahid. We've spoken about somewhat about land issues over the past few months, but tonight we're speaking very specifically about land expropriation without compensation because this is something that we hear in the news every time so i want to unpack it properly so that you know after tonight's program and i didn't tell the listeners yet we have two components to this program one is shahid being a legal expert and of course um, the khalid sayed being the the, the anc youth league uh, representative um, after they they leave the, the studio tonight or well, they may even stay depending on how we go um, I'm going to have Shyam Samai, who's an activist and an attorney from, uh, from well, we all know Shyam. She's been on the show for many occasions. But we also have Nazir Paulson of the EFF, who will come on after, you know, to give their political view on this uh, land expropriation without compensation. So I'm inviting everybody to sit down. I know a lot of people are at the Khujaj, you know, and but those who are not at the Khujaj, Put your radio on a little bit louder, you know, let everybody listen to it, you know, so that when people talk about this land expropriation, then you can say, but I've listened to this issue on the program, I've heard the ANC's point of view, I've heard the EFS's point of view, and I've had the benefit of having um, legal experts like Shahid Shiruda and uh, Shyam Samai, who actually, you know, give their little viewpoints on these issues. So Shahid, without further ado, Let's talk about land expropriation. What exactly does it mean? Well, you know, when democracy came about, um, one of the most um, prominent or for, uh, foremost principles or talked about items was, are we going to get land? The dispropor disproportionate representation of land ownership in South African settings is an open secret uh, and part of our DNA of democracy in acknowledging that the past, the Land Act, like, uh, 1913 Land Act being one of those pieces of legislation which dispossessed people from South Africa uh, of non of, of, of color, 
and it stayed in that slant for a very long time with the development of the country up until democracy etc and of course there was uh, a pop- property d- uh, population dynamics never rep- represented mm-hmm. or wasn't represented uh, 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 evenly in the in the in the land stats in terms of who owns what, and that became a very uh, prominent topic. It was very subdued in the early 90s, uh, in my view, but it's become very charged now. And uh, expropriation has become the word which is thrown around now. We spoke about land redistribution previously, which was a very nice sugar-coated way of talking about how do we going to get the imbalances addressed. Now we're talking about expropriation, and of course now the fires are lit on the front of the stove when we talk about land expropriation without compensation. Because we look at democracy 20-odd years on, and we ask ourselves, have we achieved an equitable redistribution and development of the country to sustain the new dynamic or our new setting where everybody's free, everybody's supposed to be equal, and everybody has access to land, but they're not getting it. Per se. Mm-hmm. So now government is being pushed and pressured and the elephant in the room is now given a name and we are talking about it as to how do we accelerate this redistribution in the development of our country she addressing she the past. Elephant in the room. As a, there's no elephant in this room. Yeah, well, let's <laughs> talk I know, about let's it. Let's say something that people issue. don't want to talk a, about. Yeah, exactly. People That's feel a, the presence of yeah. it. That's what elephant in the room means. Is people feel this huge yeah, presence, yeah, but, 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 as but they lo- don't want to lo- say it. As lawyers, we understand what it means. But, you know, you listen, there's a titi listening there. I want to say, what tradi means from elephant? So that's why I say, keep the, keep the tempo. Well, <laughs> for my learnings, I would never underestimate the titis because they speak in high-powered riddles too and uh, you've got to catch on never mind being a lawyer okay so but, let's, but let's, let's keep, help, it, yeah. keep it simple than that, yeah. <laughs> understood okay. mm. so dealing with this uncomfortable issue has become a very very firebrand topic um, today and it's being flouted by some irresponsibly mm-hmm. it's being challenged by those really committed to changing our country etc so it's a very very difficult scenario to keep balanced because we're burning the same candle from both ends okay and some flavor once at some stage of each it's Should bigger on either side and it's not really balanced Shade, what does the constitution say about la- land um, expropriation well um, section 25 of our constitution deals with property and the expropriation clause now it's a very long section now Section 25 says no one may be deprived of property except in terms of law of general application and no law may permit an arbitrary deprivation of property. So in my understanding of how people talked about it, they normally never we- ventured past 25, 1 and 2 mm-hmm. and a bit of 25, 3, yeah. where we talk about, yes, you can take land, but you're going to pay for it. Yeah, and, so we all yeah, happy. There was going a willing, willing buyer, willing, willing seller. Yes, but okay. but the understanding and the and the and the affection for property in terms of the constitution generally stopped there because no one's uh, paradise was shaken by that section going further than twenty five three. Okay, because there's parts to that section that says, but the government has to do things which has to accelerate distribution of land and also addressing the past issues 
Now, we in the last few years have gone past Section 25.3 where we say mm-hmm. we're going to pay you for everything and we're going to pay you a pretty price. Mm-hmm. Now we're saying it's not working and it's not fast enough and the economic slant is not changing. Therefore, we need to go to more aggressive measures. And aggressive measures means are we going to legislate new provisions into the Section 25, expand it and say now you can ex- expropriate without compensation but what are the circumstances can you expropriate under this section without compensation? And that's where the debate rages. But obviously, when you start talking about taking things away, as people interpret what you're saying, expropriation, because that's mm-hmm. exactly what it means, then all sorts of fears and fear-mongering and intimidation and irresponsible dialogue on this kind of topic creeps out and scares South Africans into their defensive corners and that is where we as responsible people who know the law mm-hmm. and are responsible for steering the country whether we are DA, whether we are ANC or any other political party we steer this country in unison we got to do it responsibly by saying do you understand the law in its fullest extent and not the parts we like for our agenda mm-hmm. so expropriation may mean a lot of things to different people so what does it mean is very important and i, I just want to touch on something here for the uh, that the state must 20, uh, section 255 the state must take reasonable legislative and other measures within its available resources to foster conditions which enable citizens to gain access to land on an equitable basis. And I'd like everybody to focus on the last part of that statement of the Constitution, where it says to foster conditions which enable citizens to gain access to land on an equitable basis. Mm -hmm. Foster means to promote, to positively grow. Mm-hmm. these things and it does not translate into right i'm now going to get land and i look at my neighbor's house and i say he's got a nice house i'm going to go and take his land because that's what it means that's irresponsible mm-hmm. that's reckless and that will not be tolerated mm-hmm. no mischief in that regard will should be tolerated by a government if we want to have everybody progress without destroying the country okay, so to speak Lashai, thank you for that introduction it sounds a bit too complicated but yeah. hopefully when we start unpacking it, I mean, and we, we hear from the politicians, yeah. then we will obviously understand it a little bit. And we're going to go back to some of the things you said. And one of it was that the willing buyer, willing seller concept didn't work. And we might want to examine why it never worked. And wasn't there a way around that particular problem? You know, I, I don't think it's about not working. Mm. The question is, is it enough? for what we need in South Africa. Well, that's what the politician will explain to us now. So coming immediately to Khalid. Khalid, you've heard what Shahid said Mm. now. You've you've, you've read the newspapers. You were part of those dialogues uh, when people were said, you know what, we're now moving towards a policy of expropriation without compensation. Now, of course, you need to tell us now what the the position is of the ANC Youth League. And at some point, we're also going to have, uh, you know, a representative of the, maybe the, 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 the ANC, like, you know, not the Youth League, the, the other one where you graduate to. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell us a little bit about uh, this expropriation without compensation. Okay, no, thank you very much. Shukran for that. I think um, much of the context was painted uh, um, previously by Shahid. Um, he painted the context. So... Within the context of apartheid, um, uh, um, 
within the context of the dispossession of land of our people. This is with, I mean, and 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 um, the African National Congress has functioned within that context. Part of the objectives of the ANC mm-hmm. has been to transform society. Now, um, we find a situation still, and which speaks to what is stated in the Constitution, where the majority of land in this country is still owned by the minority in this country. Majority of South Africans don't own any land. In fact, um, many South Africans are homeless. Are. Can, we so, do, can you define so that's the context? But can you define land? What exactly is when we talk about land in this context? Mm. Are we talking about a plot of land? Are we talking about a farm? Are we talking about a house or a flat? In what context would you, would one describe land in terms of this expropriation without compensation? Um, we now let me firstly clarify: expropriation without compensation does not mean taking away houses of people okay, and that's going first and moving. Very, very that. important let me make point. that very, yeah. very clear. And for yeah. the ANC also, it's not a position of the ANC to go and drive people out of their houses. Mm-hmm. One of the things. Um, that we've identified. In fact, the youth league, because it, it initially the ANC, the mother body, was very hesitant to pursue a policy of expropriation of land without compensation. Mm-hmm. Within the context of the transition, nation building, looking at investors and those kind of things. But the youth league, um, as is the nature of young people, grew impatient, mm-hmm. saying, look, w- we need another mechanism other than the willing buyer, willing seller approach was being utilized. So it was then realized that look there's um there's lots of uh, um there's lots of land out there. There's farming land, there's vacant land, uh, there's golf courses for example that are not being utilized even. We've got them here in the Western Cape. Mm-hmm. If you go, I mean for example like to Hermanus mm-hmm. where there's currently Lots of upheaval happening in Zwelishle. That's one example. Mm-hmm. There's vacant, privately owned land that was sold by the provincial government mm-hmm. to private developers. Mm-hmm. Land is currently not being used. Mm-hmm. People can live on that land. People can cultivate. Mm-hmm. So that's the angle. And we're saying, why does the state then go and need to utilize taxpayers' money, mm-hmm. budget that the state doesn't really have, and still pay? For vacant land that is privately like, like owned privately and not really owned, being like, used, like yes. the golf courses, yes, like the vacant land. Now you see, you, you and also mentioned. Son, let yeah. me maybe before mm. historically, and I think this is where I mean we've we've been clear. Much of that land, if you look at it historically, mm-hmm. was taken wrongfully from our people. So it also speaks to addressing. Um, it speaks to addressing a historical injustice also. Okay. So there's that element to it also, you know. Mm-hmm. But now, of course, now you you talk about the historical injustice, and <coughs> I believe all South Africans understand that. I, be, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think anybody can dispute that apartheid actually, and of course, even colonialism and imperialism took away a whole lot of land from people, indigenous people. But now, of course, we fast forward to to where we are now. Now the question I have, and I think this is probably the pertinent issue, those 
pockets of land. Now, you see, you made a distinction there between vacant land, land that is underutilized, and that's possibly like the golf courses, etc. But now the farmland, now that's where, we, where, we, where the land is actually being cultivated. And of course, it, it, it links to, to questions of food security. I mean, somebody just sent in a, a, a SMS, and I read it quickly. Um, in fact, this man, this man said a lot of things here. Yeah? I mean, in, 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 it's just on the on Shait's in, uh, introduction. But let's say, so I'm going to read a part of it. It says here, yeah, the consequence of land expropriation will be 15,000 farmers are leaving by the droves to Russia, of all countries. Okay, that's my own italics, which is going to lead to food security for the country. What solution does the ANC provide for this inevitability of food shortage? Now, that's what I'm asking about farming. I mean, this is a concern. I mean, are they intending to take farmland that's currently being cultivated as part of that uh, expropriation without compensation? Can you just speak around that? Okay. When the policy was passed um, at our conference in December, we made it very clear that the expropriation of land without compensation will not be done in a manner that um, that jeopardizes food security and mm-hmm. agricultural production. But we're also not saying that there's going to be farmland that's going to just be left there and not be expropriated. If farmland is being worked on, it's being cultivated, and it's being utilized for the benefit of our people, and we also find that emerging farmers are being developed through that because also we want to basically enhance our agricultural sector mm-hmm. and transform it um, then of course there'll need to be a consideration on the part of the state what i'm saying is it's not a a a, a um we're not using a blanket approach okay you'll have to approach matters in this specific and hence i want to add and say and it's always been the culture of the anc is hence we are having public hearings. Hence the okay. ANC pushed for the amendment of the EFF's uh, uh, um, of motion. The yes, motion. motion in court. Yes, yes. I mean in, in, in parliament, parliament to yeah. say that look, let's have public hearings so that the public, so that the people, can craft the manner in which we identify even the kind of land. Okay, so on that note, Khalil, we're going to go for ad break. When we come back, you're going to continue with that. Thanks. The Legal Hour with Isan Higgins. And we are back. Uh, we got Khalid Sayed here from the ANC Youth League, and uh, we've got Shahid uh, Shirude here as a um, legal expert on the issue of uh, land expropriation without compensation. Khalid, you were still saying, and immediately after you you, you continue. I mean, uh, and you f- when you finish, I want Shahid to explain to us how exactly we're going to get around the issue of changing the constitution. <laughs> So you can continue with your your last point. We spoke about the issue of um, farmland and case by the things will be looked at from a case by case. Uh, you know, in terms of which type of land to uh, to expropriate without compensation. Yes. So there's no blanket approach to it. That's what you said. Yes. And uh, so my understanding thus is that they will do it on a case-by-case matter. Now, isn't that going to be onerous and uh, a long process? And, of course, the courts will will be involved in that whole process. Mm. Oh, look, hence, um, we have the... uh, 
Hence we have the current consultative process happening mm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, hence we will have to make sure that um, any kind of changes that happen, any kind of policy position that's put forward, any type of mechanism that's used is legally sound. Um, and, 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 and that's going to be important so that we don't need the courts to come in at every stage. Um, but we live so in South Africa. Everything gets taken to court. Huh? Yes, yes, we do. We do. But I think, but I think, I think, I think politicians and particularly the ANC have started learning from some of the mistakes that have been made mm-hmm. um, in terms of the manner in which we put together legislation. And that's, I think, um, there we're pretty confident that 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 given the kind of process in the build-up, given the the. The, the consultative process, given the research that's happening, I think this time around it will be better. But we also, one other aspect that, um, which is very relevant here in the Western Cape, um, that also speaks to our policy, is that of basically expropriation without compensation, to also focus on expropriating buildings, mm-hmm. buildings in the inner city in particular, where... Um, Assuming it's underutilized buildings, buildings. Yes. underutilized and absent, and hijacked buildings. <laughs> no, not necessarily. We're looking at underutilized buildings and absent, where the okay, where so those who own the buildings are absent. Okay, we will talk so about hijacked. We will talk about hijacked buildings we'll a bit that. later, yes. uh, because I want to deal with that. If you are talking mm. about buildings as well, but the fine, but I like that. Uh, is that part of the policy or, or the envisaged policy? Yes, that's also part of mm. the envisaged policy. That okay. So that it can also provide a space <coughs> for housing. You mm-hmm. know. So, I mean, those can be turned into low-cost housing to address the issue of um, of people living far from places of opportunities. Because one of the one of the major um, one of the major negative results of apartheid has been at the level of spatial planning. Apartheid was planned in, mm-hmm. in, in such a way to make sure that our people are kept away from the center of economic activity. So this is one way of also basically addressing... I just want to read a quick question here, okay. and I think it's quite nice that these listeners are sending in these questions. Mm. Uh, there's some negative stuff and there's positive stuff, but this is one of the positive stuff. It says, Assalamu alaikum, farmland that's not been cultivated should be expropriated, especially in the Philippi, Horticultural area, where a couple of farmers, where a couple of farmers own almost the whole of the area so much that they don't use all the land they own, and it should be given to emerging farmers. Are we talking about something like that? Perfect. That speaks to the point that I raised before the break. Okay. Uh, that, perfect. That, uh, okay. Now, so the listener has uh, yeah. responded with a practical, <laughs> and I mean, we want to encourage well, on that point. We want to encourage the listeners. Uh, when the public hearings mm-hmm. um, come to the Western Cape and to Cape Town in particular, we want listeners, such as those that have been sending inputs like this, for example, to come in to provide those as proposals. I think that's going to be very, very important. You'll be able to shape uh, okay. the policy. Shahid, policy. You know, I'm a bit concerned. You know, we, we in fact, in order to shape policy that Khalid is mentioning, we first need that massive hurdle, you know, the one that you spoke about earlier on, you, there's this constitution, you know, it has been written so that we can test all the laws, you know, that that government makes or parliament makes, whether it's legal, lawful, it, if it's contra, it, if it's within public policy, how are they going to get around changing that particular clause? Well, 
The expropriation without compensation is not defined verbatim in the Constitution. So what has to happen for us to get that into the Constitution? We have to amend the Constitution. Mm -hmm. Now, how do we amend the Constitution? We need a two-thirds majority in Parliament to vote for the amendment of the Constitution. When it is tabled in its form, that is required as an amendment, which means we're not even there yet. I just want to say that we're not even there yet. Where is it? At the motion to Mm. amend the Constitution. It's not even on Mm. the table in its finalized version. Must Remember, our Constitution itself took a number of years to draft, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't easy. It took a lot of panel beating and people having breakdowns and all sorts of bun fights, etc. So in order to get to that point, (coughs) we have to then have all these public hearings, get a formulated black and white form of amendment. And these things are not written by one guy thinking these weird ideas up in the corner. It's an established, expansive, uh, extensive process where we get the right wording and the provisions so that it's applied in a just, equitable, economically viable and uh, uh, fair manner across the board. Mm -hmm. Now, I'd like to go into the simple nuts and bolts of it is that somebody's got to table a motion. And then members of parliament, depending on the number of Mm -hmm. seats, would amount to a two-thirds majority. So the ANC doesn't have the complete two-thirds majority to get such a bill changed. How many uh, members have the ANC got now in terms of a two-thirds majority? The ANC don't have the two-thirds. I think they've got about uh, 200-odd, just well over 200. So so they need the the EFF EFF as well. While we're getting the EFF here in the next few minutes, maybe you can ask them if they're going to be nice enough to to assist you guys. But we obviously want to hear, so I understand how the ANC's point of view is um, that there's public hearings taking place. So for me, that is a very good, the democratic exercise, you're hearing what people are saying, um, and then once you have had this input from the public, then of course you're going to be dra- you're drafting policy. So is, is that where you guys are at now? Mm. So just explain that part for us. Yes. No. I mean you've you've, you've basically <laughs> clarified that. I mean, no, no. I just, I'm just what I've heard previously. No, no. That's fine. Mm. And we also, I mean, based on those, I mean, we'll. Um, We'll also be defining the kind of modalities, but this modalities the that will be <laughs> basically how the how how it the works, the how part, okay, the how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, look, uh, um, law and common sense go hand in hand. People and, uh, tend to forget that common sense is not so common, right? Yes, know but law and common sense <laughs> must go hand in hand for okay. it to work. Mm-hmm. And that's important. Okay, so so okay, so that's fine. So ANC is now listening to the public. Uh, the public will say certain things. Their drafters will then make the submissions to Parliament, or is it going to be a motion in Parliament? Well, what will it be, Khalid? It's going to be a motion in Parliament. It'll mm-hmm. have to be a motion in Parliament. But basically, I mean, what happened was um, the it's not necessarily purely the ANC. It's, it's the committee. There's a parliamentary committee that has been set up, which the ANC obviously supported for that to happen. There's a parliamentary committee that has been set up to go and conduct public hearings, and they are doing that. And um, and based on um, on what comes to the committee and the committee's interpretation of the inputs, the committee will then 
make a submission. I mean, the the the, the um. The committee will then also engage on the submissions that the public has made, mm-hmm. um, and that's how it will happen. So there'll be a there'll be a discussion. The committee will then have a position on the matter, and it will then be taken to Parliament in the form of a motion. So I think that's how. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, you know, something needs to be brought to the four of people's understanding here is that land reform has not started now. It started way back in 1994. The land reform panel was established to deal with this. And what were they talking about all that time ago, but nobody was listening? They spoke about the equitable allocation of, la- of and use of land. They spoke about the creation of a deracial society and sustained food production. Nothing of that has changed. Mm-hmm. So we must invite our listeners and the ordinary folk we, whom we are wanting to talk to tonight on the radio via this is to understand that when we start talking about land and land expropriation, we need to stop thinking about our neighborhood. So if you live in Lansdowne, stop thinking about the fact that they're coming to take the land in Lansdowne or Weinberg or Buka or wherever you're living or Tableview or whatever. This is a vast country. If you drive outside of your city where you are limited in understanding, you will see vast tracts of land that are not farmed. Now, we have something like 13% uh, productive land at the moment for this country, and it's certainly not enough. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about land expropriation, we talk about a number of scenarios where all the little factors can contribute to the changing of landless and landless situations and the frustration around it. You talked about abandoned buildings, unused buildings. That's one form where accommodation is the kickoff, etc. There's unutilized land that is not being utilized for a long time. That's just standing there unused, etc. Property held unproductively. And for speculation purposes, mm-hmm. that's idle. We need to look at those property held by state-owned enterprises that is not being utilized to um, its fullest capacity and land farmed by people who just farm because they get up every day and they don't know any better. They call tenants living on land and nobody seems to know who owns it, etc. And business carries on per usual. So we need to move away from that fear mongering and our politicians need to be responsible when they use these concepts to drum up support and when they talk about land compensation uh, land expropriation or that compensation they must look at the, the broader picture and the big country we live in and say stop panicking and spreading panic mm. by thinking that we have other land that needs to be looked at so that we get our productivity up we are certainly not wanting to chase those farmers that are left still in South Africa, out of South Africa. That's a ridiculous, ridiculous accusation. Okay, Khalid, Absolutely. You, you agree with what, uh, what, what, what Shahidi is saying? I, I think fully was, agree with Shahidi. We need to increase production by making and creating and employing and ski- upskilling more farmers. Mm-hmm. So you can't tell me with 13% of land being productive now to support South Africa is enough. So we must have another 10% where we can bring in and bring in black farmers exactly. to bring to, to balance the table. So if you brought Shai, in 30%. You're starting to sound like the politician here. Oh. No, but, 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 <laughs> I, I but, but this saying. is what yeah. people are, wa- are yes. they hearing. So we need to straighten those words yes. out from the politicians yes. in saying this is the right concept. Mm. So mm. fear mongering and, mis- and a distortion of what this is aimed at 
is not going to get us to where we need to be in a difficult journey. It's complex and we need to look at it like that. So we need to talk about exactly what it means first. So in order for us to table a a statute or an act of parliament via the legislature, for it to be passed, it must be designed according to what is needed in this country and not because of some politician that wants to get an exercise off the ground in showmanship or anything in parliament. But it must mean something to the people okay. on the ground. And that's Should how we need to table an okay. act that is properly designed. Okay, to I, be like, I like that legal angle. Um, Khalid, yes. on the issue of. Um, so I think. There's a potential for method to the madness because exactly. for me currently when I read the paper it just sounds like madness. Now I don't know if it's the media trying to to to, to what Shahid mentioned. It's this fear mongering, giving people the, the idea that somebody's just going to come and take your house, take your land. So it's nothing to do with that. Is no, that what you're saying? Nothing. And, and in fact, let me add on the issue of fear mongering, particularly for our people. Um, when we and I know our people are protective. There are two. El- um, there's two elements that I want to address there. The one is racism, and mm-hmm. I think let's let's call a spade a spade in our community. When we hear about the issue of expropriation of land without compensation, immediately some of us get into a space. Oh no! So that means that the black people are coming to take our land, and they're coming to move into our areas. Mm-hmm. Now we need to move away from that. So you're saying that is not true? No, 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 no. Number one, Mm -hmm. we need to move away from that type of fear mongering thinking to Mm -hmm. say that no, what's wrong if black Africans come and live in Lansdowne or come and live in Rondebosch East? There's nothing wrong with that. If there's vacant land there and the vacant land either belongs to the state or it's not being utilized and the state expropriates it and builds houses there, what's wrong? Mm-hmm. As Muslims in particular, we, we believe in a, in a faith tradition where we believe that all human beings are equal, that society ought to be equal. We need to move away from those kind of racist stereotypes. So that's the one thing. Where immediately when we talk about, um, about dispossession, uh, we talk about expropriation, we talk about making sure that vacant land is used for housing, immediately they say, no, 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 then they're going to come and move into our areas. So we need to move away from that. That's, a, that's quite a backward way of thinking. Okay. But also, I think the other thing that, I, that, that, that that's important for us to move away from, if we, if we don't want a situation, because I saw um, basically on the poster for the program, there's a question speaking about civil war. Mm-hmm. Now, civil unrest. Civil unrest. Yeah, we didn't talk uh, about war. Not in war, fact, not war. I drafted but, uh, that initially war and I changed it to unrest. Unrest. <laughs> yeah. now, now, the more we, we drum up fear, particularly on the part of, I mean, when it comes to basically politicians, people in the media, um, even broader society, when we drum up that fear and say, no, 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 um, we must, uh, um, basically this thing about expropriation, it's wrong, it's, it's turning away investors, uh, it's criminal, all of this thing. The more we do that, the more we make it something that's a no-no, the more we are going to be building up a greater sense of frustration on the part of the majority of South Africans who are dispossessed.
And that can start to create the real civil unrest. So we contribute mm -hmm. to civil unrest by not wanting to speak about expropriation or by addressing the issue in a fear-mongering manner um, and with knee-jerk reactions by just rejecting it. Mm -hmm. That's how we actually uh, basically contribute to civil unrest. And the ANC is coming to say, no, 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 no. <coughs> Let's talk about it. Let's have the public hearings, but let's pursue it as well. In fact, the ANC and the EFF, that's where we're on the same page. Now we're all saying, it, we're uh, the same page. We're still going to talk to I him. But I see he has <laughs> arrived now and he's a member of parliament. Okay, well, so we on, that, on that note, Khalid, uh, <laughs> shukran for that. I'm actually going to ask Shahid and Khalid to stay in studio. Because if, Shahid, if you can phone your wife now and ask if it's okay. No, I don't mind staying, but as long as this EFF guy here doesn't start trouble here, then I'll, then, 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 then I'll be happy to stay here. Okay. We're going to go for ads, and after the ad break, we're going we're gonna to introduce Shaham Samai, and we've got Nazir Paulson of the EFF. Uh, he's also arrived. He arrived with a bang, and something dropped while he came in. Yeah, grand and entrance. It's a grand entrance, and we're going to hear his views. We've heard Khalid's views from the ANC. A youth League, and we've heard Shahid's uh, commentary on the legal issue. Now we're going to hear also from, but we're asking them to stay because I think it's important that we have all the parties around the table. So after the break, we're coming back, and Shaham and Nazir will give their inputs in respect of the issue. The Legal Hour with Ihsan Higgins. Please behave yourself. <laughs> okay, it's very rowdy here in the in the studio tonight. Uh, we've got uh, opposing political parties in here. We've got uh, lawyers in here. We've got activists. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, in fact, I've invited uh, Khalid Sayed and and um, to stay, and I've invited Shahid to stay as well. And we are now joined by Shyam Samai activist, attorney, um, you know, in fact, I don't think there's anybody in the legal fraternity that don't know Shyam Samai. Assalamu alaikum, Shyam. Assalamu alaikum to all the listeners again. Shyam, can you move the mic to your mouth so that, you know, the listeners can hear you a little bit better? And then we take it from there. And just and tonight you hear Shyam to talk around this issue of land uh, expropriation. I know that you've been very busy this past weekend at conferences, at land summits, at uh, public hearings. So we want to hear a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I want to say to uh, my learned colleague sitting on this side of me, Nazir, Mr. Nazir Paulser, from the Economic Freedom Fighters, the EFF, the gentleman with the red suits in Parliament. Assalamu alaikum, Nazir. Wa alaikum, salam wa rahmatullah. And shukran for inviting me, uh, Ikshan. And um, it's a pleasure to be here and to give the EFF perspective on land expropriation. Yeah, and, and let us just immediately, uh, before we get to, to you, Nazir, I'm going to go back to Shaham quickly. Shaham, we've heard from Shahid, his perspective on the whole issue of... Um, Changing the constitution, you know, in order to get to land expropriation without compensation. Mm. I just want to hear your view on it because I, I know that you've had a little bit of a different uh, take on it because you're also looking at the Expropriation Act. Mm. A 
Okay, so please give us some input. Yeah, I know, Ikshan, you always tell me, I'm stop being legalistic, but I mean, I'm, I'm going to go through the process <coughs> because the Women's Legal Center, um, for those that don't know, we are African um, Feminist Legal Center, and we have a very particular position, and we use strategic litigation to advance women's rights. But in addition to that, we also make submissions um, around issues which, which impact on women. So we have to, we researched this issue around Section 25, and we made particular, um, we, we made submissions around Section 25, um, and hopefully we'll also be able to be given the opportunity to make oral submissions. But it's a very particular position, and maybe I'm just going to put it out there, and to be able to say that the Women's Legal Center don't believe that the section needs any form of um, amendment. And the reason being is that we are saying that the section in itself that is an underutilization of, of of the section. I'm going to go through that. Wait, wait. Underutilization of what section? Of section 25. Okay, which is the constitution. Which is the constitutional provision. Okay, mm-hmm. and I do think that there hasn't been a lot of challenges um, uh, in our courts around section 25. Um, and I'm going to go through it systematically because I think it's important that people need to understand what Section 25 says. It's a very long section. What it says and why do we come to the position that we don't need a amendment to the particular position. Um, we believe that certain interpretations have been given, but it's based on certain policy positions, and it's a policy position of the ANC. And policy positions can be changed. Now, I'm saying a lot. Before I get to that position, um, I just Sorry, want... Sorry, just do yeah. it in bite sizes quickly. Okay. First bite size is you're saying that the Constitution does not have to be amended if one interprets it in a, in a different way. Yes. Is that the first that, point? That is the first point what I'm okay. saying. Mm. Let me just quickly, and I think the, um, uh, uh, sh- uh, you know, the other speakers must probably have, have, have dealt with this. Mm. But to mend the constitution, it's a long process. And I mean, we are already like more than 20 years down the line. And you know what? This is going to take another two to three or four years. And I'm, I'm saying this because to amend the constitution, obviously, you need firstly your two thirds, right? That is only if Section 20, and I know I'm technical here, but if Section 25.1 is not going to be, um, um, if, if there's no uh, amendment to Section 25.1, if there is going to be an amendment to Section 25.1, it means that you'd actually need 75%. And w- not, not two-thirds. So two-thirds is 66%, 66% and you're working and, on 75%. And we, we are saying that if, if it's at any point going to, going to amend Section 25.1, then you would actually need 300 Okay. Then in addition to that, there's already a huge amount of processes. Say we get this. Before you get to this particular process, we know that there has already been a lot of constitutional court cases around participation. It has to go to the National Council of Provinces. Um, it has to, there has processes. Shyam, before you get into the procedures, I just want to hear from Nazir. I mean, he's, he's been raring to go. I know that he's, 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 uh, he's got his, all his ducks in a row from, uh, from the EFF perspective. Nazir, Give us your take on, I mean, it's your party, the EFF, that brought this motion about. Um, and of course, uh, it started the dialogue. So now we, we, we want to hear from you what brought this about and why and, and the how. Shukran so much, Ikshan. And shukran, uh, Shyam. Uh, um, uh, but before we get to the, 
the legislative requirements of the of land expropriation i think we need to look um from the very beginning uh ishan and to the listeners out there the land question in south africa relates to a reversal of a centuries-old systematic and structural process of land dispossession. Nazir, you're going to have to speak a bit of, of, of language that we understand. You know, I understand the political language, but but bring it down to basics. Yeah. Ishan, I, I heard you caution Shahid about this <laughs> earlier as well. We must never underestimate the capacity of the listeners. And in revolutionary context, you must never think that the listener is or or the masses are unable to grasp you know you must that rather raise the, is the ability is and is the capacity I, I, i'm not going to debate so the I'm, issue i'm going to but i'm going to try and explain it as simple as possible i want you to go simple because okay. i want everybody to understand so so ever since um let's say before uh, let's say 1652 there's been a a process whereby the indigenous people were dispossessed of the land. The land was taken away. They were then uh, we are like beggars in our own land, okay? And the and this land was then used to benefit a tiny minority of white people, and that's the reality. So, although throughout Africa, you know, the indigenous people were dis- dispossessed of the land. The land was taken away. It it was not to the extent as what happened in South Africa. In Zimbabwe, we know that there the colonialists took about half of the land, 50% of the land surface for themselves. In South Africa, 80% of all land surface was taken from black people through colonial dispossession mm-hmm. and also legislative mechanisms. Yeah. You know, once the land was taken, laws were then passed to ensure that those people who have now taken the land can hold on to the land so the land question is about the resolution of this of this problem okay of this injustice and a way to ensure that the large-scale redistribution of land contributes to the redress of colonial and apartheid injustice okay so so to us it's not just about expropriating the land it's about, it's about re- social justice. Is it's that about redistributing mm-hmm. that land to address issues of social injustice. Okay, so so that is why you guys came up with a policy position to have a motion in Parliament saying that. Uh, just explain that process to us. What happened there? Uh, what was decided by the EFF that this became a. a, a a topic of uh, in, in the in, in Parliament. We're just gonna go for an ad break, and uh, Nazir, then you can go on with that, and then I'm gonna ask each of the the, the other panelists to comment on 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 why you've said why, why it became a topic in Parliament. The Legal Hour with Isan Higgins. Assalamualaikum. We are back, and in studio we have with us a massive panel. We've got the uh, we've got Khalid Said from the ANC Youth League. We've got Shyam Samai, activist uh, attorney. We've got Shahid Shiruda, active uh, constitutional attorney. We have uh, Nazir Paulson of the EFF, and uh, we we're basically looking at the whole issue of land expropriation without compensation. 
Nazir, you were still uh, at it before we went on the ad break, so maybe we should just continue. I asked you the question, why did it become a motion in Parliament, and what was the whole thinking behind that? Uh, shukran once again, uh, Ikshan. Um, land expropriation without compensation for equal redistribution in use is the first non-negotiable cardinal pillar of the EFF, the first of seven. So land is, a, is, is not an emotive issue to us. It's an issue that says, if I do not own land, right, um, I have no way of having a livelihood. Everything you own or everything you do requires land. You're an attorney, if you want to open up a practice, you need land. You're a farmer, if you want to farm, you need land. You're interested in setting up industry, you need land. And also location and all of those people. But then we have to look at the, the, the ownership of land in South Africa and we know that 87% of land is in the hands of, of privately owned land is in the hands of less than 10% of the population. So that already tells us how unequal the distribution of land is. So we felt in order to address the first uh, injustice, the injustice of dispossession, which has led to most black people, and by black I'm going to have to qualify again, in if, if terms, black means African, the so-called colored, and the people that are not so-called Indian, but really Indian, those are black people. So they are largely dispossessed of land, dispossessed of an opportunity to exercise a livelihood that is meaningful. So, um, so we want to address the issue of landlessness in order to redistribute to the landless and the land hungry. So we felt that land can land reform can take place in two ways. Through a revolution, which we did not think is viable. We do not feel that blood has to be shed in order to to gain the land. The other process is through laws proclaimed by government and because we are a party that is now represented in Parliament that is the option available to us at this moment. So because land reform in South Africa was not a product of revolutionary change it was rather constitutionally enshrined imperative provided by section 25 of the Constitution or the so-called property clause. So we believe in order to effect land expropriation without compensation that we'd have to revisit section 25 of the constitution the so-called property okay so nazir can i just get to 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 to, to shahid first she's going to comment on that because nazir's comment is that we need to amend that uh that um clause of the constitution shahama said earlier on that it's going to be very difficult to do that. No, I it's going to take long. I don't believe that it should be. No, no, wait, hold yeah. it. So, so I'm going to get to Shyam. But Nazir, I mean, uh, should I just comment on that quickly? You know, with uh, six of this and half a dozen of that, um, I would find it very hard to disagree with Shyam because, as I correctly, as I clearly pointed out earlier on, is that many of us stop at 25.3. We don't read on. 
And it says further on there that there should be processes in place and nothing should deter government from enacting processes to achieve balance and redress of injustices in the past. Now that can be interpreted very widely and also it can encompass measures that can be designed on the ground to achieve that without needing to change the law to do something logical. No, but to the law being the Constitution. Yes, the Constitution. Then read with that as well. We forget about the limitation clause. Now, Mm -hmm. Section 36 says any of these rights can be limited to reasonable extent. Mm -hmm. So if one says, I'm going to limit your land ownership rights to a certain extent to achieve what I need. So if you're a baron with 25% of this country's land and you're not even using 24% of the 25% that you have, Mm. I'm going to limit your land ownership because it's needed to be utilized for the general well-being of this country and national interest being food and food security. Mm -hmm. Now that is the angle that Yam came in. And yes, you don't have to change the constitution. But if people want absolute clarity around something without debate because as we all know other courts are the most functioning part of government in this country everything goes to court and everything gets ventilated in court mm-hmm. political parties go and have their powwows in court and they clog up the role unnecessarily <laughs> when they should be talking to one another and sorting these things out okay. in my view but when you need clarity to be given effect. Now, law and common sense must flow and the language must flow as well where it must be commonsensical to say, we can now do A, B, C, D and it needs to be in the form of a law. So you can come in through that door as well. Or you can come through the door that Shiam has come through, which is correct. It can't be ruled out to say that it needs to be interpreted properly. Mm. And that's one of the spirit uh, values of the Constitution is that it must be interpreted to suit and develop South African conditions and not necessarily be read rigidly. So mm-hmm. that is the door that the door that she came through, which I think also has merit in it in a very, very big way. Because if you read further, you'll see that these things were envisaged back in 94. And when the Constitution uh, final version was passed later, that was the vision that was considered, etc. So... I would okay. agree with her that it's sufficient meat. Okay. We're going to get back to Sham on the issue because the thing I want to extract a potential um, legal solution to a problematic political issue in this country. I don't think we're going to do it on the show, but I think it's going to set the path. And I want to ask Khalid. Khalid, you've heard now what Nazir says. You've heard um, the issue uh, pertaining to... Uh, a possible, I mean, in fact, I've heard from both politicians that the, you, we need a constitutional amendment, and it seems like the lawyers are erming, erming about it. So maybe just comment on that. No, I hear you. Look, um, at the beginning also, the ANC were hesitant to go the route of the constitutional amendment. But because the ANC is a democratic organization and there's been much debate, and it's also listened to its people, and not only to ANC members, but to society. Um, we've been of the view that not everything can be approached in a purely legalistic manner. Mm-hmm. So the amendment of the Constitution then for us um, speaks to also addressing the sentiments um, 
of people on the ground. There's a sentiment that transformation in terms of the land issue has not been fast enough, um, that there's also legal impediments. That's the one thing. But also, and it's a point which was raised by Shahid now, the role of the courts. Um, if we're going to open things up to interpretation, we've seen there's a track record. Um, there's a history, particularly a recent history, where, 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 where moves towards radical transformation have often been open to much interpretation and interpretation by the courts. And in the end, the progressive agenda is not achieved. Um, so it's within that context that we're saying, let's rather make it clear-cut. Let's not open room for much interpretation. And it's on that basis that we are saying Section 25 must be amended. Um, and that's where we agree with the EFF. In fact, let me also add to Nazir, I don't want to play politics here, Nazir, but uh, it was the ANC Youth League before the formation of the EFF that spoke about um, the amendment of Section 25. But when certain former leaders of the Youth League were pushed out and they had to form the EFF, they then rallied behind that call. Um, but we're not blaming them for that as well. I mean, that's also part of the... Uh, we understand this is a political environment. So, okay, yeah. now I understand. Shyam, can you just... Uh, I mean, now that we've he we're hearing that somehow the EFF and the ANC is on the same page with regard to this particular amendment. I know that, I mean, I'm very surprised that, you know, that the lawyers are actually um, not so convinced that we need a constitutional amendment. But I think, Irshan, let me be very clear. Section 25 of the Constitution have largely been, remains untested by our courts. Okay, it's untested and I understand the challenges because everything can't go to the court but I want you to just you know, bear with me in terms of our arguments where we're saying also that there are other acts that's already dealing with expropriation the Schools Act as well as the Labour Tenants Act and those processes have already been implemented and it says, the argument says you can have expropriation for land in terms of the School Act if advances the right of education. education. Secondly, we also <coughs> say in section 16 and 23 of the Labour Tenants Act says you can ex expropriate to protect Labour tenants and advance tenant security. And those provisions have already been tested in the courts. Now just going further, in our current constitutional dispensation, the current provisions in terms of 25.2 and 25.4 says that the term public interest was included to ensure that expropriation was intended specifically for the purposes of land reform. Now we have a transformative constitution, a constitution that speaks to substantive equality and not just formal equality. And I know that these are words that people are saying, what are you saying? With formal equality we mean just laws that are there to be able to ensure that these processes that needs to be followed. And then when we talk about substantive equality, we're talking about rights that speaks to different forms of intersecting type of discrimination and we bring people, not in terms of equality, but in terms of equity on par and to be able to take in terms of rights. So 2454A of the Constitution states the public interest includes the state's commitment to its obligation to land reform and to reforms that would bring equitable access to South Africa's 
natural resources. Expropriation is therefore it's envisaged as a viable option and constitutionally permissible where it favours the interest even if it's a private individual, if it's in the interest of land reform. So the fact that the individual interests are benefiting, it becomes acceptable because the purpose of land reform at the end of the day is in the public interest. So then we go on to the next provisions, 25.5 to 9. It goes on to actually highlight how the reform needs to take place. The next, it says that what about this issue of just and equitable? What about this issue of the payment of compensation, which is the crux of, of the matter? A balance is required between what is public interest and as that which is in terms of the individual. So the Constitution also provides a guide of how just and equitable should there are listed factors. This is not just compensation is not market related and this is where people are stuck this is where people are saying it should be market related and we are saying you need to look at the following and we all know these are formulas that can that that needs to be uh, managed the use of the property the history of the property the acquisition of the property the market value is one factor but out of out of 23 years, we end up only concentrating on market value, the extent of the direct state investment and the subsidy of the acquisition, and as well as what is the purpose of the expropriation. That in itself, the property clause is very, very clear. It, is, it actually recognizes rights in terms of property and it acknowledges the duty and the obligations of the state to address discrimination and pass discriminations through a process which allows expropriation and the payment for compensation on a just and equitable basis but to take into account the, the test. Now I've gone through the test. Now it appears that our land reform processes have become undone somewhere. Mm -hmm. because there has been a reflection on the factors during this various processes that what does just and equitable actually mean the practice which falls short is we need to be able to interrogate what does market value mean in relation to the test because our land reform processes have become caught up in a principle which, vol which places voluntary land trans transactions at market price at the center of the redistribution agenda. So the principle of willing buyer and willing seller presumes that the state has an abundance of resources available to be able to engage in a market-related property and land procurement process where there's a seller who is eager and willing to, 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 to sell and to buy. And, but at the heart of the current system is a principle of non-interference with land markets and it, it is unwilling or too afraid to expropriate. But this is not in the constitution, Ishan. This is a policy. This is a position of the ANC and that needs to be able to be addressed. Because it's this willing buyer, willing seller which is going to the heart of how we are not interpreting section 25 properly so the principle if fraud and the or the policy is fraud and is and it has frustrated land reform processes in terms of 25 so market value is not the factor to be taken into account when deciding that which is equitable okay sham we're gonna have to go on the ad break now when i come back 
I want to get back to Nazir. I mean, and I hear land reform and I hear rural areas. I think that most of the listeners as listening tonight are people sitting, as Shahid said earlier on, uh, in the in the flats where the houses and whatever wherever they are, the businesses. I want Nazir to address that issue in relation to land expropriation when we come back from the break. The Legal Hour with Ihsan Higgins. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. We are back uh, with the last segment of this particular program on land expropriation. We've got a lot of experts here in studio. We've got the politicians, we've got the lawyers. And uh, for, for, for some reason, I get the sense that the politicians are singing from the same hymn book for a change. We don't see that often, but it's happening on the show. The lawyers are actually differing with the politicians, which is a good thing. But... Uh, we, 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 in fact, when we wrap up, we're going to see what our contribution, our little contribution on this show can maybe add to the national dialogue. Now, Nazir, good, the question to you is, this land expropriation, what does it mean to the EFF? You know, does it mean you're going to lose your house if your house is too big? Does it mean you're going to lose your, 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 your flats if you've got a block of flats? Mm. What, is it, what does this land expropriation mean to the EFF? Yeah. Shukran so much once again. Um, I just want to touch on one particular aspect of what Shia Am said. Right? The state has, in 1999, said that they will transfer about 30% of the land back to, 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 to black people by using various forms of land reform. So... To date, only 9% of land has been transferred back to blacks through land reform programs. And the state, in addition, has paid billions of rands to white landowners to obtain land for land reform processes. Mm-hmm. So, Section 25.2 says, The expropriation of property is currently provided for under Section 25.2, provided it is done through a law of general application Mm -hmm. and for one of two reasons, namely for a public purpose or in the public interest. And Shiyama cited two examples of that, Mm -hmm. right? Um, For example, the building of dams, the erection of power lines, the building of schools, to provide accommodation to people who are evicted from farms, those sort of things, okay? So Section 25.2b unambiguously says that expropriation subject to compensation, either in an amount agreed upon by the expropriating party and the person from whom the property is to be expropriated, or in an amount decided upon by a court of law. Mm-hmm. So we've seen in the in the case of Malamudele where the ANC government and we must say that the state as mentioned um, is controlled by the ANC, mm-hmm. right? So the ANC government has been paying one billion rand for Malamudele, the the um, commercial farm. So in the EFF we are saying we cannot use taxpayers' money to buy back the land, right? Um, 
So in calculating the amount of compensation, a number of factors is listed in Section 25.3 of the Constitution. Nazir, I want you to come closer to my question yes, yes, about okay. houses and okay. about flats. Okay. Let me just go. Yeah. And the, the EFF position on this yes. is no one will lose their houses as a result of land expropriation without compensation. A house consists of immovable property. Remember we said this is land expropriation without compensation. So when you say land, are we talking about rural land, agrarian land? Uh, all land. We are not just saying rural land, urban land. Are you talking about vacant We're land? We're talking about all land. Are we talking vacant we land? We are talking about all land. Whether it is vacant or not, we are saying that the land will revert to the custodianship of the state. So if any improvement on there belongs to whoever has improved or paid for those improvements. So no one will lose their houses as a result of land expropriation without compensation. A house consists of immovable property, right? That land is immovable. Um, that is a product of the individual's labor. The house is a product of the individual labor, whether they purchased it from, from their own funds or built it themselves, and therefore the private property of that individual, the plot on which a house is built, is rendered unusable for any other purpose. Right? Mm. So you own that, 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 that improvements on that, on that land, you also own that land. And because of its attachment to a house, because the land is attached to a house, which is immovable, immovable property, the plot becomes an accessory to the house and hence the property of the owner. So nobody will lose their houses. You know the scaremongering of those right-wing forces, those neoliberal forces, that people will now lose their houses, that is totally false. So, so fake news, is that what you're saying? Natuurlijk, ons weet moos wie doen hy fake news dan. But we do not, but we're not going to mention names, yeah? What no, this we, means yeah. is that while homeowners' rights to their homes are secure, any other piece of land outside the homeowners' plot, plot is automatically ceded to the state. So what is the benefit of this? A state can then directly intervene to declutter townships because there's vacant land there. We can now do it for, make it... Um, public land, parks, that sort of thing, because that is one of the features of of a suburb. It's got enough public spaces where people can go for all forms of recreation. Okay? So whereas a township it's very cluttered, there's there's no there's no spaces available. So we can declutter these, so these townships. So you're gonna move people out of the townships onto vacant land. Um, what we will do in areas like Bishop's Court and Constantia, the state will then intervene by building low cost. I don't mean low quality, low cost, in other words affordable uh, houses where we can also relocate people to. Remember that Bishop's Court, Constantia are the least populated or least densely populated areas. Or in fact all of all of the, the, the so called um, former um, white land um, suburbs are, are least populated and what is what is what has happened under the under the government of the ANC the apartheid spatial divide has continued so in other words we left people living from certain racial groups living in some areas and people from of other racial groups living in other areas and and we believe that we can discontinue this very easily when we expropriate all land. So land that's not being used in Bishop's Court, Constantia, all of those places. We can build low cost, and I don't mean low quality. These so houses, let's call it affordable housing. Affordable housing okay. for people of 
racial groups that are not well represented in those communities and we can start breaking down the apartheid spatial divide. Okay, thanks for that Nazir. Mr. Sayed, Khalid, do you share that view about the spatial divide moving people from uh, densely populated uh, areas like in the townships to, to where people are sparsely populated like the Constantius and the Bishop's Court and looking at vacant pieces of land to put affordable housing did you share the view in fact that's a view that I expressed um, at the beginning of the program mm -hmm. uh, so we do share that particular view uh, but we also saying at the same time that um, where people are already staying those areas must also be improved it's not just one simplistic view of saying no 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 um, let's take people out of Kailicha let's put them in Bishop's Court that's not that can happen um if there's vacant pieces of land there where there can be houses built that's fine but at the same time we must not also neglect um the current townships as well we need to change the manner in which the the the, the township is populated the manner in which it is built those type of things need to change so we're not necessarily opposed to that but we're not saying that that's the only solution okay that's, that's now that, that's great uh, mr sayed khalid i just want to say to 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 the i think this is a, it's it's, a, it's certainly not a topic that you can rush through mm -hmm. um i do believe we need to we've, we've heard a lot of things now from the politicians and from the the lawyers we need to take these into little bite sizes and we need to start analyzing the bite sizes so that the public out there the listeners can actually start understanding this land because i certainly from what I've, i'm hearing from the anc and the eff i'm certainly understanding it a bit better now in terms of what they want it's not like the big bad wolf coming knocking on your door and saying now we're expropriating your land shiam your comment on that Wait, oh, so we're first going to go for the ad break and shiam will, will add her comment uh, on, on what i've said now just after the ad break the legal hour with ihsan higgins And we are back with the with the legal hour, and uh, we've got in studio with us uh, from the EFF Nazir Paulson. We've got Shahid Shruda, a constitutional and uh, litigation attorney. We've got uh, Khalid Said from the ANC Youth League, and we've got Shiam my activist and attorney. Um, I'm, we, we're running now quickly out of time. We've got five minutes left, so I'm going to ask each person to give a concluding remark on the on the issue. Shiam, you were supposed to say uh, you know some of the issues that that was raised before this but in it also do your concluding remark yeah thank you Ethan. i just wanted to say quickly that section 25 has not stopped the state to be able to expropriate land and that is the one thing that i want to say is that there is no set formula for calculating what is just an equitable compensation simply because each case must be determined on its own merits. So factors to be considered is the use of the property, the history of the acquisition, all of those things need to be uh, calculated and this is why this factor was included 
But the challenge that we're sitting with is that there's a fixation on market value. So the state should not cons- confuse itself, and I would say also all the, pol- the political parties, with the principles and the obligations in terms of Section 25.8, which places a clear obligation on the state to achieve land reform, to re- redress the past racial uh, discrimination. So Section 25 may be impeded, and the, the challenge that we're sitting with is that we need the political will to be able to ensure that it's happened. And I'm going to, there's going to be a disservice if I say that we, it is clear that women require access to land, housing and property for a wide range of reasons. It's going to be a disservice for me if I don't raise this. So we cannot be fixated on arguments that land reform must be done, you know, and go through another constitutional amendment. Because I'm telling you now, at the end of the day, whatever is going to come is going to go against. You cannot exclude the scrutiny possibly of the courts. So we need to think what we are doing. And also land reform does not only include agriculture land and commercial and market-based farming the the women we represent and the work that we choose to do is not just to become our women also possibly one day want to become commercial farmers but primarily we are dealing with women that are sitting on the farms we are talking about women that are that are we, even within that is the provision this expropriation provisions now why can't we link the Section 4, possibly, with the current Expropriation Act, which needs to be amended. It is a, we are working with a continued existence of an Expropriation Act of 1975, and I'm going to say my age, it's actually older than me, which is an apartheid state piece of legislation, and it needs to be changed. Okay, shukran for that, Shyam. Uh, I'm going to ask Harley to give a concluding remark. Uh, shukran for that, Shyam, and I think... Definitely, we're going to take up some of those challenges uh, in the in the weeks going forward in terms of with, with the legal hour. No, no. Um, firstly, thank you very much for having us. And I think um, from our point of view, um, the conversation is not over. Uh, for the ANC, the conversation continues. Um, but within the context of the conversation, as we allow for public hearings, as we engage with the public, ours is to maintain the principle. And the principle is that um, beyond just the land issue, redress needs to take place. Class issues need to be addressed. The structure of our economy needs to be addressed. And the land issue is but one component of addressing that entire imbalance in society. Uh, So we are not going to compromise in that regard, regardless of the discussions that happen. And I think that, I mean, we we want to make that point very, very clear. We also want to make clear, and I think I did not get to say this at the beginning, that the provincial government in the Western Cape, I think because we are in Cape Town, we're in the Western Cape, it needs to be stated that the um, while the provincial government in the Western Cape um, gives the impression in the public space that it has one of the best land reform policies, it's actually um, faring amongst the worst. Um, and this is why we see all of these protests happening in the province. We see what's happening, for example, in Hermanus, where the provincial government sold land to private developers. The land is not being used at the moment. Um, for purposes, so so so, 
So we need to also zone in. We understand this is a national debate. But here in the province where we live, here in Cape Town where we reside, where we reside in the Cape Flats, in Guguletu, in Kailicha, in George, in Zuelitemba, um, people are facing real issues of a truly um, of, 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 um, of a society that is unequal at every level possible. And this is why the land issue really needs to be addressed in the Cape, but also the issue of the economic imbalance. It, we, we need to read it within the context of the economic imbalance. Thank okay. you very Shukran much. Shukran for that, Khalid, from the ANC Youth League. Uh, Nazir, I want to jump to the EFF now. Um, can you give your concluding remark? Uh, shukran, Nishan. And, and, and once again, this is a very important debate and one that you, you, you've put on the table once again for all listeners to participate in. And I must tell the listeners, um, the land expropriation hearings come to the Western Cape from the 1st of August. We'll be in the Southern Cape and then in the, the Overberg and then we'll be at Parliament also around about the 3rd of August. So everyone who uh, would like to make input must come. And um, I've, I've attended land expropriation hearings around public hearings around the country it's been well attended people have voiced their their um, opinions and their concerns but from the EFF's perspective the constitution as it is currently written does not allow either for the expropriation without compensation or for the narrow piecemeal expropriations advocated by liberals or the broad-based expropriation advocated by the EFF Taking into account all of the factors to be considered in determining compensation, it is clear that the only quantifiable factor is the market value of the property. Records of direct state investment with regard to land dating back to the time of dispossession has been lost, and the quantum of judging what is just and fair compensation in a neoliberal or okay. neo-colonial setup such as ours is not clear. Shukran for that. Uh, we almost uh, shukran for that, uh, Nazir. We're gonna give uh, Shahid the final comment, and then we're gonna have to wrap it up because I see with Yusuf is already uh, you moved into the studio already, <coughs> so we got one minute left. Yes, thank you to Exan and the rest of the panel here for engaging in this robust debate. But I would like to speak on behalf of the layman in the street, and say that we, as leaders of society, need to prevent us being lost in translation in terms of all these fancy words, etc. Because the man in the street is going to ask you, what does all of that that you just said do for me? And the one question that is burning on the Cape Flats right now is land grabs. Why does it result in land grabs and lawlessness in certain areas that affect us? So that is why the debate needs to be conditioned, the words, the language and the concepts. And even if it means an amendment of the Constitution to say the right things to the ordinary person, then it needs to happen so that we have order, we have respect, we have decency, and we have equal opportunity for all in our country. Shukran to Exxon Higgins and the rest of the panel. Okay, shukran for Thank that, Shahid. We've now heard from all the panelists. Shukran to Shyam, uh, Samai. Shukran to Khalid Said from the, uh, from the uh, ANC Youth League. Shukran to Shahid, uh, constitutional lawyer and litigator. And uh, to Nazir Paulson of the EFF. I want to say to the public, we're hoping we got a lot of things out of this program. It has been a, a long, t- uh, not a short two-hour program. 
We're going to extract some of the issues and we're going to be thrashing things out a little bit more because every person that now in the last five minutes sent in messages says, can we please rebroadcast this program? Alternatively, we need to thrash out some of the issues that has been raised. So shukran to the community for giving us that opportunity to put things forward, to start the debate. And uh, yeah, shukran for allowing us to serve the public. So I say from my side, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And we hope to see you again soon, inshallah. Thank you.